When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. We're asking you which second-year quarterback will have the best season next year. Is it going to be Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Mac Jones? The list goes on. Zach Wilson, 888-SAY-ESPN, 729-3776. <clears throat> I mentioned this is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance, coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17 brought to you by Chase. Guys, I want to get back into the LeBron James situation. Stephen A. said, good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, everybody. We have so much to do. So little time. We only have three more hours to get all this in. Just a little coffee this morning. All right. Cheers. Go ahead. In other other words, that's a message to you, Max. Slow it down. We're going to get there. That's what what Jay's trying to tell you. We got plenty. We got three hours. Three We're going to eventually get there. I'm on six shots of four hours sleep and six shots of espresso. So now you know. All right, look. I pass on the coffee all day long, man. I, yeah. yeah. How, you how, had how some the other coffee, day, though. How did that coffee work out for you last time after you left the show? I was fine. Yeah. That, nothing. It didn't bother me, I don't think. Maybe it's affecting me now. I don't know. But it's not bothering me. Days later. Now, like me ten days later? It, I, hey, who knows? I mean, nothing's, <laughs> I'm fine. It was... It was, <laughs> yeah, it was just passes through your good. system in four hours. And I mean, yeah, it passes well, through your system. I, I think I was okay. Yeah, that wasn't right. what was passing through my system. Trust me. It was some other stuff that had nothing to do with coffee. Didn't rhyme with coffee. <laughs> it was, yeah. <laughs> Did it rhyme with tequila? <laughs> yes, that is right. <laughs> it rhymed tequila with vibes. That, that was a little bit different. You need you that know? sauna to help that pass through the system. But I actually, it out. you know what's so funny? Is I actually just thought of that when you said this, Max and, and Jay, about coffee and tequila and whatever. I've been lying because I drink espressos, espresso martini with tequila mm-hmm. instead of vodka. Yeah, uh, so, so, yeah. So, okay, you're a coffee drinker. No, I'm not. A, it's different. That's different. You know what an no, espresso no, martini, Jay? espresso is... martinis, you're a coffee drinker. No. It's, you're you know, taking the caffeine from the coffee. Yes, you no, are. I don't think. What? I don't think that caffeine that's in that coffee with that tequila is going to keep me up no it's going to balance that's what i like about them i'll drink those because i could it balances it out so i could stay awake nowadays i have a drink or two i want to go to sleep it's still coffee i'm talking about the coffee like your black mug type coffee and but jay the alcohol is counteracting the caffeine is what he's saying yes it's it's fine that it can counteract but you're still getting caffeine all right somebody should chime in when they get a chance to act to, to answer that question is Espresso martini with tequila, the same as drinking your coffee and your espresso, uh, Max. I, you know, I have another question for you, Key. Maybe we can do this a little later in the show. This might, this might, you might go against this one. This might this prove what Jay is saying. If you have vodka Red Bull, are you having a Red Bull? No. Yes. I'm uh, having what are you a vodka. About? And Max, what do you talk about counteracting each other? Tequila is an upper. Caffeine is an upper. No, uh, uh, tequila is a downer. All alcohols are downers. Alcohol's downers. 
The killers never got me down. <laughs> I don't know about you. Hey, look. Really, I'm going to hey, look. Hey, Jay. I'm going to go Jay. take a nap. Me I'm ready to turn that either. up. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm good about? for another 10 yeah, hours on the that's tequila. What that's what I'm saying. Now, after it's all over <laughs> with and they turn on the lights, I might go back and crash and burn, but that's about all. <laughs> that's all right, what good caffeine point. is. All right, Thank good you. point. All right, uh, back to sports. Let's go. Now so we're guys, ready, Max. Get it to your point. The, well, now we only have like uh, 10 seconds. No, we have, we have some time. Listen, it, it, Key, you said something that Uh-oh. sparked something in my brain when you were like, the Lakers, let, let's, get, let's backtrack here. Stephen A. yesterday said on first take, the Lakers should strongly consider trading LeBron James. And we talked about that for a while. Here's the upside, here's the downside. One of the things that you mentioned, Key, and you have long said, and I agree with you, they have the scoops of ice cream in the Sunday. You know, LeBron, AD, they just need to add the right kind of condiments around it, right? I'm with you on that. But you also played some devil's advocate here and said, look, if they trade LeBron, this is why. You get a bunch, an influx of young talent. Look around the league, the Celtics, and you started naming teams. They're getting it done. They're getting it done. And I had a Keyshawn Johnson reaction to that in my own mind. Are they really getting it done, though? <laughs> I always hear Key say, but are they really doing that, though? Because those teams are all struggling and striving and trying maybe one day to grab a ring, Right. That's never been the Lakers formula. Like, if the Heat get one this year, it's like the Pistons got a couple back in the day or in 04. It's that style of championship. The Lakers let all the other teams try to develop and maybe one day. And meantime, they identify who are the two best players in the league. Why don't we get those guys together, right? Two of the five best players in the league. So if they did trade LeBron and got all this in, that maybe one day they could build up. But they got that dude right now. And they got him with AD, and there's a health concern for sure. But, Key, that's the Lakers' way. They got the biggest star in the sport, and he can still ball. They don't trade that guy. Well, I would say what I would say, Max, is that the Lakers historically has always gone out and got a big fish. But they also drafted well, whether it was James Worthy, whether it was Byron Scott, whether it was Magic Johnson, uh, switching, flipping for Kobe, whatever it was, they've always done those sort of things. What I am saying is if, in fact, they were or they are strongly considering trading LeBron James to get younger like these other teams, and you say, well, I would say, well, you know, are they really getting it done? That is a, that is a fact that are they really getting it done? I would say they're headed in the right direction, Boston is. I would say Memphis is headed in the right direction. Minnesota's headed in the right direction. Doesn't mean that they're there yet. It just means they're headed in the right direction. The Phoenix Suns are headed in the right direction. The one thing they went out and did is they got Chris Paul. But that Booker and eight, those are young pieces. The Lakers can do that and then grab or, or keep a LeBron. Okay, let's keep LeBron. And then let's take those other young pieces and let's get the young pieces something they didn't want to do a year ago. They elected not to do that. Now you have the opportunity to make it right, keep a LeBron James, mm-hmm. move all the other pieces, and get some young guys around LeBron and build it that way. Because if you look at Phoenix, Chris Paul's got two years left, right? Mm-hmm. Let's call it two years. Eventually it's going to be about Aiton and about Booker. And the Lakers can do the same exact thing and be relevant again in a heartbeat. 
Jay, how do they get that done without moving LeBron? I don't think – I think AD's trade value is lower than it ought to be right now, so that doesn't make a lot of sense. I do think Westbrook on an expiring deal can net you some nice complimentary pieces, but it is unclear to me how the Lakers come up with that second young star by stay, by staying standing pat, you know? I, I think you look for ancillary pieces around those big three if you can't move them. I mean, frankly, AD was hurt all this year. LeBron had some injuries. Russell was a shell of himself. Uh, hopefully he could be settled down. But, I, you know, look, uh, just go back to the strongly considered a trade for LeBron James. I've strongly considered doing a lot of things in my life. I didn't do them. <laughs> like, I considered one time going skydiving. I was like, oh, I don't have a high risk tolerance. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. That, do that sounds that. stupid. What's the point? I'm not going to do it. Like, why? <laughs> what's like, the so point? Like, I, so I, really, I, what's the point? Yeah, no, I'm I, good I, on that. Thank you, Keith. So, I, let's go back to this thing about, he is one of the best players in basketball. His name was associated in the MVP race this year. So I hear what the thought of it may seem like, but in reality, man, like you're not going to trade a valuable asset like that who is still to a degree in his prime, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Does it make sense to me? Yeah, and again, like what I just think of LeBron, AD, and whatever Westbrook's expiring, like $47 million. If I'm a team with two or three nice mid-level players, they got another two or three years on their deal, I want to get out of it because I think I can sign a free agent or I want flexibility, and I'm really kind of stuck on a, on a playoff treadmill in the first round, I'm not going to get any better. If I can clear them off my books, but they're still kind of useful players, by bringing in Westbrook, then he becomes a free agent and I've cleared that money, that means the Lakers can acquire those guys, Key. Yeah, no, you're right, but it's a lot of other things at play with this whole LeBron scenario type situation. You still got the losing of power in the front office of Clutch and, and Rich Paul and LeBron. They're they kind of losing some of that steam. So does that factor into wanting to exit? Is that factor in wanting to move him? I mean, you know, you got to think of that. Are they losing it, or do they just not want to touch it because it's a mess right now? Or is that kind of the same thing or the same result? Keyshawn, J. Will and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. Get a business insurance quote online in as little as six minutes. Visit ProgressiveCommercial.com. Only one star player showed up, but nobody else did, guys. We'll find out why next on ESPN Radio Sirius XM Channel 80. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. 
If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers. And we are joined, guys, by Coach Seth Greenberg, ESPN basketball analyst nowadays. What's up, Coach? He's giving you the straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. How are you, Coach? Life was good. Great games last night. Can't complain. Can't I mean, complain. obviously, you saw absolutely show in the first half with Luka, and you saw the, probably the demise of the Sixers. Uh, as they play five versus four, basically. Yeah. Pascal Siakam, the MVP uh, for the Heat so far. <laughs> Listen, uh, Coach, you brought up Luka. Listen to what Jason Kidd have to say about Luka after the game. Yeah, he had a great game, um, but no one else showed. So, you know, we got to get other guys, uh, you know, um, shooting the ball better. Um, we can't win with just him out there scoring 30 a night, not this time of the year. And we're playing the best team in, in, in the league. And so um, we got to get other guys going. Who's that on, Coach? Like, we've been criticizing Harden a lot, and he looks a little past it. Luka has some Harden in his game, right? Like, without him on the floor, Brunson steps up. Now Luka's back, and people are kind of watching him. Who's that on? Is that on the rest of the team, or is that on Luka? Does Luka need to change? He's got to be inclusive. They've got to, he's got to find a way to get others involved. Look, Brunson getting in foul trouble at the beginning of the game is a problem. And Brunson's having – a problem scoring over the size right now of the Suns is a problem. But, uh, look, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith gets three fouls early. Obviously, Brunson gets three fouls early. That takes them out of a rhythm. So, Luka has to do more. I agree someone else has got to step up. Then what he did in the first half, someone else has got to step up and take a little pressure off him. He's got to kind of get rid of the ball a little bit earlier some. But they also, I mean, what Jason Kidd didn't address is Luka's got to guard someone. Right? Like, they're just putting him in a ball screen and then attack them. 1.81 points per possession Nuts. in the second half, putting him in ball screen. So, you know, he's got to be better defensively. Uh, coaching is great in the playoffs. I mean, that's the greatest thing about NBA basketball. You watch the playoffs. Coaching is great, and people are going to exploit weaknesses. And Luka defensively has become a weakness. Hey, I, I completely get that Phoenix is targeting Luka. You're going to make the other team's best offensive player guard defensively to take his legs away from the offensive end, Seth. But at the end of the day, if I'm Luka Doncic and I'm his agent, Bill Duffy, who is with William Morris Endeavor, I'm sitting there looking at this whole thing saying, hey, Jalen Brunson is a, is a good player. He's a guy that can – he should be a guy that comes off the bench, right? Or I know he's going to end up starting for an NBA team, but he's a guy who's solid each and every night. Spencer Dinwiddie, a decent score. I need another superstar in Dallas with me. And if I can't get one, then maybe it's time that I start thinking about other cities – that I can be at. And I love Mark Cuban. I think he's one of the most progressive leaders we have in the game of basketball, actually in any sport. But if you trade Kristaps Porzingis and you're looking at who else is going to be a suitable player next to Luka, I need another all-star next to him so he can get to a point where they're talking about them winning championships because they look like they got exposed last night for the second game in a row against a really good Suns team that is set up to win a championship. Look, I can't uh, argue with you, Jay. Well, I mean, every team would like to have two guys that absolutely can take over a game. We're seeing it in each and every one of the series. I mean, uh, you know, let, let's face it. But, uh, 
Yeah, I think that's probably the uh, they're they're still their rosters a work in progress. I think they've got the role players uh, in place. Dory Finney Smith's going to defend. He's going to be a ball mover. Munson can get in the lane some. Uh, Brunson, I should say. Uh, they they need another player, but they also probably when they get that next guy, Jay Will, he's going to have to change a little bit. As good as Luca is, he's going to have to change a little bit. The ball can't get stuck because they end up a lot of times with four guys watching one, and he makes. The first half was a joke. I mean, it was a joke. The shots yeah, he was making, the that. plays he's making, his footwork, his fearlessness. But you get another superstar, and that superstar is going to hold him accountable to check people. Also, look, I love his game. I mean, like I, lo- I mean, it's old school, tough, physical. He's so strong. He's so patient. But I go back to yeah, they do it. I agree with you. They need another superstar or another guy that he can rely on going to get in twenty twenty two. But he's got to check someone, man. I mean, because in the second half, uh, they wore him out. And that was great That was great coaching, let's face it. You know, mm. how do you defend Luka Doncic? You make him defend every single uh-huh. possession. And, and, and you wear him down. That's what happened in the second half. The coach, Seth Greenberg, ESPN basketball analyst, joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Coach, enough about the Mavericks, right? We keep talking about what they need to do and all this and that. How about giving the Suns some love? How good are the Suns? Is this their year? To get it done with Chris Paul or not? Chris Paul, man. Whew. I mean, Chris Paul and Aiton's improvement offensively especially. I mean, Aiton coming out, run the floor, yeah, but he's catching. Defensively, they, they gave him the business last night, though, too. Luca got the business. Yeah, but, but I look at Chris Paul. He's 37 years old. It's unbelievable. He's going right. I'm telling you. He's going right. <laughs> Nothing you can do now, They tried to keep him left. And he still he made a couple of plays going to his left hand, but his ability to make plays for everyone, his ability, you know, a couple of years back, I thought he lost a step, he couldn't finish a game off. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't shoot from three. He, I didn't think he had his legs. Man, was I wrong? I mean, come on, man. I mean, like what he's doing right now, there he's pulling up, going left. I mean, is unbelievable. No one reads the floor better. Than Chris Paul. Jay Will, can you remember a guard that sees all five defenders in every situation better than Chris Paul? No, Seth. You know what the thing about him is, too, and, and Key made mention of this the other day, and I've always known it, we just never articulated it as much. The dude gets to his right hand every time. That's unbelievable. And every ball screen, he finds a way to get that ball in his right hand, and that's what he makes a play with, but it's unstoppable because his precision and his awareness is off the charts. And that little sidestep he has where he just creates a little bit of space. It's not a step back. It's a kind of a sidestep to create separation. And then he keeps it just the right amount of time if he wants to throw the lob or he wants to skip it. And, and the other thing is they, they can play off of Chris Paul, the Suns. They also can play off their sets and get Booker in the action where he's coming off those wide pin downs. Like there'll be a dribble hand off a ball screen. Paul will be going one direction. And all of a sudden Booker will come off a wide pin down and knock down a jumper and and he's become such a, if he a, a win, tough matchup. If, if Chris Paul wins a championship, I think about, like, if Larry Brown could design a point guard, right, it would be Chris Paul. Perfect. Like, that's exactly what you're looking for. If he wins a championship, considering how well-rounded he is as a point guard, where, is, where does he uh, – let's take magic out of this. He's like six foot eight and the best ever, right? Is that the best you've seen as a pure point guard? If he adds the championship feather in his cap, it's still playing at an incredible level. I'm not bringing Bob Cousy into the conversation. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. 
Uh, he is unique in that he's a new wave best point guard in limiting magic because I call them ball guards. Mm-hmm. Listen, in the old, old days, a point guard was a facilitator. Right. Let's face it. Ball, ball, a point guard was a guy that came off ball screen, read defender, make a play. Was advanced the ball in transition. Uh, Passed the ball on time, on target. Got you into your sets. Chris Paul, the flip of a switch, all right, is going to drop 30. Like, all right, John Stock was a perfect example of a guy that he got the ball anywhere he wanted, anytime he wanted, to who he needed to get the ball. Chris Paul can drop 30. And that's the thing that his evolution at his age, to me, is unbelievable. Here's a bigger question, all right? They win it all, and who knows? How many more years does he go? Is he like Tom Brady? I don't I see mean, him. Showing. I mean, I mean like he's at that position, he's turning thirty-seven this year. Yeah, this, I think thirty-seven. It tomorrow. Tomorrow. That's Playing crazy. As well as he's me. ever played. So Seth, I, another Greenberg, Mike Greenberg, another said Greenberg. yesterday. No relation. <laughs> no relation at all to you or Max. Uh, said yesterday, if you were to redo the 2018 draft, Jeez. you would take Luca first over Aiton. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I like that. I wouldn't do. I think Aiton's perfect for this team, but I, I guess I would ask you, Seth, if the Suns would actually take Luca in that position, or even a Trey Young over Aiton, is he still the best guy for this team? I wouldn't take Trey Young, uh, and as good as Trey Young is in his range and, and his facilitating. Look, you, you need a front court guy that can defend ball screens, step out and recover back. You need a front court guy that can rebound and run. You need a front court guy that. With his athleticism and his improvement, and again, you're talking about a guy came in the league at 19 years old. 19 years old. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I could see Luca. I wouldn't. I wouldn't see anyone else. And and quite honestly, with the way that team was built with Booker, I'm not sure Booker, Paul, and Luca would work. Yeah, Luca. You know, you mentioned what the Mavs need around Luca, and I think it's a little bit overstated what they don't have: Brunson, Dinwiddie, and if Hardaway Jr. is healthy. Like, for a non-superstars surrounding him, that's pretty damn good in terms of guys who can get Hardaway it done. Hardaway's scoring, Max. I yeah. think they're, they're missing because Hardaway's no a guy can drop 20. I mean, right. Hardaway's scoring is, is a huge miss because he compliments Luka. So, but but we got to see now, players, to your point, you don't know if Luka would work on that Suns team. We got to see Luka work with other guys who also need the ball where the stuff moves. Well, Luca wouldn't Luca wouldn't CP3 wouldn't be on that team cuz Luca would have been there. Yep. So by the way, it would have been Luca yeah. and Devin yeah. Booker and you would have had Monte Williams who would have probably had a different style than what's been around Luca in Dallas. So and who knows what DeAndre Ayton is be without Chris Paul's ability to play without the ball. I mean cuz yeah. Booker's really good. I mean he's really good coming off. He's good with the ball. He's good any which way, but Coming off those screens, he gets behind the ball and a shot ready like boom. Mm-hmm. Coach, I got a draft pick for you. You're sitting at one right now. Right now today, is it Jimmy Butler or is it James Harden? Ooh, that's a great question. Who and why? Well, I'll tell you what. Here's my deal on Harden. Harden isn't who he was. I'm playing it simple. He's, he, look, to win the playoffs, you've got to be in world-class shape. He's not in world-class shape. He can't get by anyone. And I'll tell you the other thing is, and, Jay, well, you know this because, you, you know, you were a great player. When you're missing right, left, short, long, it all comes down to your, your, your footwork and your preparation. Uh, like, his, every one of his misses is different. And then the way the game's officiated where he can't draw the contact the way he did in terms of that step back where you jump into the defender. Well, I look at Harden, I say, I, I would say Jimmy Butler because you know what you're getting every single night. Yeah. On both sides. Plain and simple. You know what you're going to get every single night. 
James Harden, unless he gets in world-class shape, he's a really good player. He's not Seth. a great player. He's not – like Tyrese Maxey's the guy that has a chance to be a great player in that team. I like the way Tobias Harris is playing right now. Look, the Sixers are playing, Jay, well, five versus four without Embiid. Mm-hmm. They're playing without – they're playing on both ends, five versus four, because they have no rim protection. People are just getting right into the lane, scoring anytime they wanted. And then offensively, you know, there's no one to take pressure to create. Like, you know, you play with Embiid, he creates shots just by being on the floor. Yeah, here's but, the downside of eating your way out of two towns, right? Like yeah, Jimmy yeah, Butler to get out of town had to fall out of shape, but he did it two years Seth, in a row. Seth, great, great point, by the way. And just for our listeners, so yesterday, Seth, I got up about 300 shots at this place called, you know, Shoot 360, just playing around with kids and shooting on my own in general, right? And I, I, I'm just curious, like, going through that second time I've got up shots to a degree, like in that environment. And a lot of my misses were side of the left rim, side of the right rim, short, some long on different spots of the back room because I haven't been getting the reps. But we all know when you get the reps on a daily basis, a lot of reps, your misses are typically in one location. Like, it's not all over. That's a great point, man. It it talks about how James works on his game on top of his conditioning, too. Yeah, I mean, like, here's a guy that I thought was in love with the game way back. And, like, I've always said this. When guys get out of shape, it's a lack of respect for their teammates. It's a lack of respect for the, you know, impacting winning like like he's got to get in world-class shape he's got to like being in great shape you can't improve i used to say to start what, what if time. he is in shape though Seth? what well, he's, he's, in, he's, he's in, in shape. shape he's in shape he's, in he's shape. looking more like me than he does like jay will what, what yeah, if he's what, in us shape well we've seen him in the past look like that though he is and a shape still yeah in the past he's getting older key no, Body I ain't moving the no, same I way. Get it, no, not in the past he, one year, Key. One year with Brooklyn. What if he is in shape, though, Coach, and that's just what it is. If that's just, who he is, then he's, you know what, he's a nice player. He's a guy that can get 20 on a night. He's a guy that can, that can facilitate. He still has a really, really high basketball IQ. Gets rid of the ball Because what, what the time, right time of the year is this, Jay? What, like, what week would this be in, like, basketball or whatever? This is in like football, the playoffs. In football? No, this is the playoffs. If you ain't in shape by now, Coach. You ain't getting in the yeah, shape. That's exactly, exactly it. It's exactly it. So whose responsibility is that? Like, it's not Doc's responsibility to get him, him in shape right now. You know what it is? You take ownership in your body. You take ownership in being in world-class shape for the playoffs so you can compete at the highest level, so you can play the minutes you need to play in the playoffs. Seems to me he was part of the strategy to get out of town, both to get to Brooklyn and to get to Philly, was to fall out of shape. Right? That was one of the reasons they move on from him. Now he's got to get back in. He's got to get back into shape two years in a row. No D'Antoni, no shooters, now no Embiid, no more playoff wins either. I got news for everybody. Like, let me ask Jay, well, uh, and Key, when, when you were competing we, at the highest level, you guys competed at the very, very highest level, world-class athletes, all right? If you, you know what that feels like in terms of your body. Yeah. So he, like, like, to me, don't you guys think, and you guys were the best of the best, like, he knows he's not in shape. Yep. So why isn't he doing something about it? Well, here's the thing, Seth. You can't do anything about it right now, Key, because in order for you to be in playoff shape, that shape starts during the offseason. Yeah. It doesn't start well, during I, well, the season. Their offseason is going to start in a I couple games. I just would so. think, though, Coach, that he can run. He's playing basketball. He's going up and down the court. This is You can't get in the shape. You can't burn <laughs> off them <laughs> calories. It depends on what though. you're doing once you leave the court. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. That's I, true. I, I walk yeah. 10 miles a day. I, I should be in a lot better shape than I am right now. 
Turn up. The problem is oh. I'm going in, I'm going in there and have a piece of pound cake and a diet coke. <laughs> <laughs> Why the diet and coke? And um, I and I don't think he's having a, a piece of pound cake and a diet coke. A big move in the NFL that went under the radar. Thank you, Coach. Uh, the Bears national scout Chris Prescott is no longer with the team after making comments about second round pick Jaquan Brisker. Okay. Prescott said of Brisker, according to ESPN Bears reporter Courtney Cronin, here's a quote. He's a, what would we call it, Ph.D., poor, hungry, and desperate. Football is his life. This is, his, it, this, is this kid's life. There's a lot to like about that when you see a guy who's so passionate about football, end quote. Cronin wrote in a follow-up tweet that Prescott was discussing, discussing Brisker's playing mentality. This is a quote. It's how he communicates. You feel a tough, hard-nosed kid, Prescott said, according to Cronin. Your thoughts, Key? You know, I think in in certain situations, that would drive me crazy if I didn't understand what the scout was saying. I've referred to many times about the difference in Ph.D., poor, hungry, and desperate, athletes versus silver spoon athletes many i was a phd okay i was poor i was hungry and i was desperate to get it done i wanted my education from usc but at the same time i wanted to kick open the door in the national football league and nothing was going to stop me from getting my family out of poverty to the next level you know that song wherever they say i was project baby now i live in calabasas that's what i'm talking about so i really don't it's not for me, and I'm the last dude on this earth that's going to put up with any bigotry, racism, any underlying, undertone BS from anybody. But I also understand how scouts, their language. I also understand what he's saying. Justin Fields wouldn't be in the position if he wasn't pushing himself to get out of whatever situations he was in to help his family growing up. Great athletes, if you just take a look at it, both white and black, when you got a silver spoon in your mouth, you can walk away from the game. Andrew Luck, so to speak, nothing against Andrew Luck, but Andrew Luck can make a decision because he grew up different than me, okay? Different than Justin Fields and many other black athletes that come a long ways. He can make that decision to just walk away from the game. It didn't need to do certain things if it didn't work out for him. Myself and Justin Fields, we can't, you know? And so I, I just yeah, – if, I, we, I took, if at, we took race out of it, Key, and said and, – and made it about a white player, let's say back in the day he came out of the Dust Bowl or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Real impoverished circumstances. And let's make him a fighter instead of a football player. If someone wrote that, Ph.D., poor, hungry, desperate, I, I don't think anyone would bat an eye. It stands to reason – that from a more desperate circumstance when there are fewer options Absolutely. and also just a certain 100%. kind of hunger you grow up with, that 100%. in a full-contact sport, in a violent sport, you are willing to take a little more, to give a little more. I, yeah. I get it. Yeah, it, it, and that's the way it is. When you, when you think about it, athletes that grow up, as I said before, a certain way, they're not hungry and desperate. So they don't always tend to be the best guys. Yeah, we're generalizing here, by the way. There are, Jay, Muhammad Ali was from, by the standards of his 
time and place, a more middle-class background or working-class background than, say, Joe Frazier. That doesn't mean he's going to lose to Joe Frazier, right? You could still be the greatest of all time. But as a group, if you took more affluent people, you would think that in a sport that requires incredible mental discipline to get yourself to do things physically, that group would probably not perform, my intuition would be, as well as the other group that needs it more, right? Yeah, I think I need to know more about the background of Chris Prescott before I could really make any comment on it. I mean, for me, um, I think he could have said it differently, but I get the overall gist of what he was saying. But I I think as long as there's context provided that there's not a history of this, then I I don't have a problem with it. Well, well, CJ, what I would say, though, is it – as you look at who he was talking about and Jaquan Brisker, it, it, you look. I look at it as all not all scouts, but that's how scouts conversations go. I, I had a conversation with a scout a year ago, and he was talking about a a white kid from I think it was uh, Montana, Montana State, and we were having a conversation. And the kid was on the draft board, and they were talking about drafting, maybe, maybe not. And he said, "Man, you know the guy is." 5'11", you know, 200 pounds, good athlete, good this, but his parents didn't help him because of the DNA. I didn't take that and look at it and go, oh, well, he. I need to check his background because that's the way these scouts talk. Yeah. They talk like that. That is their the way that they do things. You know, I don't – I just – poor, hungry, and desperate, I don't – I don't look at it as you know, you know, yeah, he was way. demeaning yeah, the kid or anything yeah. like that. I just don't. I appreciate the increased sensitivity nowadays to not wanting to even take steps towards generalizations that are harmful to groups of people, especially those people who have been marginalized, right? Groups of, however, there is a, a point at which that sensitivity overflows to the point where now people can lose their jobs over, and I understand your hesitation, Jay, to pass judgment until you have more of the facts about the person who's, who said this background. But on its face, I don't see a fireable offense or an offensive comment here. Now, if you contextualized it differently and told me some other stuff, maybe I would feel different. But the idea that people who come from less and are, are hungrier is something that has been endemic in yeah. American popular yes. culture yeah. for since but, I can but, but, since but Max, that, that, that's, that's why I ended my conclusion with saying I don't have a problem with it. Now, if you're saying that in the past there were statements that seemed similar that were around race, then like, all right, now there's like a book of evidence, right, leading into this. Mm-hmm. But if that's not the case, just talking about football. Yeah, if we, if we look, man, here's what I would say. If 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 I almost called him John Ireland, oh, not John Ireland, but Jeff Ireland, who is the assistant general manager of the New Orleans Saints, when he was the general manager of the Miami Dolphins, and he and he interviewed Des Bryant, and he asked Des Bryant if his mom was a prostitute in the past. That is a problem for me. Right. This isn't a problem. For right. Me. This is not a problem for me because Jaquan Brisker certainly is a guy that runs through the walls, gets it done for his family. And that's that that to me speaks volumes. When a dude like Ireland said what he said, that to me is a bigger problem than right here. Will Justin Fields be the second best quarterback in year two? Quarterback. The second best quarterback. Second year quarterback. Quarterback. That's next on ESPN Radio Sirius XM Channel 80. 
Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, Super Bowl champion. Teddy Bruschi joins us now. What's going on, Ted? Morning, fellas. How we doing over there? Doing well. Hey, Teddy, we've been talking about it today. Key had a list. Which second-year quarterback will have the best season? Well, I think there's there are a couple obvious answers, and then there's a couple that you know can can go either way because you wonder with their talent how far they can take their teams. I think obvious. You're talking Mac Jones and the progression he should have with with the Patriots and what they added to him in terms of Devontae Parker, things like that. Also, Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. Super excited to see what Doug Peterson can do with him. Um, the two wild cards I'm talking about, of course are Fields and Wilson with the Jets because you know you're talking about different philosophies or different approaches in terms of how, what they gave those quarterbacks Justin Fields is the cupboard still bare can his talent overcome that and then there's Zach Wilson who <laughs> he pretty much has everything there for him now I wouldn't say everything but the situation looks great for him started to look good towards the end of last year as a defender watching him it's like yeah, okay, the kid's starting to figure some things out. Uh, I, I like Wilson towards the end of last season. So, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, how far can they take their teams is a question mark, absolutely. But uh, Jones and Lawrence, definitely, I think it would be out of, the, out of those two. You, you know, uh, Teddy, I'm going to go with T-Law as, in Trevor Lawrence as, as our producer gave him a nickname that might stick if he has a good season. Based on what you said with Doug Peterson, you think about Doug Peterson, you think about the fact that they went out there and they got Kristen Kirk, they went out there and got Zay Jones, they paid big money, and then they got a solid – well, they had a solid running game over the last couple years. Even under Urban Meyer, they ran the ball pretty pretty well. So when you look at that, I think Doug Peterson, being an ex-quarterback himself, he had Carson Wentz at times looking like a – future Hall of Fame quarterback. He took a guy like Nick Foles and won a Super Bowl. So I, I like him as the number one guy. Look, in, 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 Trey, in, in um, Trey Lance's situation, in Zach Wilson's situation, 
unlike Justin Fields for me, Teddy, Justin Fields just feels like he's going to have a good season. Not necessarily statistically. He may not put up 4,000 yards in the air, but just a solid sound season based on what they're going to do on defense, what they're trying to do on the offensive side of the ball. That's why I had him at number two in my top five ranking or top six ranking this morning. Yeah, I... Key, I, I agree with you saying. I mean, this kid's a talented kid, obviously. Um, I just look at the games as that, and as they start to play them, uh, how much is Justin Fields going to be counted on to win those games? Like, okay, we're down by 10. We're down by 14. We can't keep this close. So all the plans that we had to, you know, take care of you with the play calling, we can't do that anymore. So you got to beat them with your arm, and you got to go out there and put the cape and do something. Something like that. That type of situation, if Chicago isn't successful as a team, and you know, based on last year, I know they've done some positive things this offseason, but still, I mean, he may be called upon to bring them out of a hole. And I just don't know if he's ready for that. And that can that can sort of stunt his development. Yeah. Uh, one thing on the Trevor Lawrence thing, I, I think Trevor is the type of guy that needs an environment that's positive, that needs an environment that, I don't know, I'll use the word toxic. And last year, was it that way at times? Absolutely with Urban Meyer. So to have Trevor in an environment that he feels comfortable to progress and learn as a quarterback, I think that'll be his biggest his biggest positive. Instead of everybody, Christian Kirk, all of the talent that they have there that they've brought in, the new faces, it's it's how that, that organization is now, you know, viewed and also handle with Doug Peterson, that's going to be a big advantage for him. You know, Teddy, continuity is so important for young quarterbacks and and them learning the scheme over time. That's why Josh Allen was so successful in Buffalo, the time spent with Brian Dable and his ability to comprehend that as he progressed. When you look at Justin Fields, what is a realistic expectation for this young quarterback considering his situation has changed? Why does the the word that comes into my mind is survive? (laughs) Mm. I I don't know why, because you you bring it. Man, how many times have we seen this, fellas, where a talented quarterback comes in and then over his, his second, his first, second, third, fourth year, you're talking about multiple offensive coordinators, no continuity like you're talking about, Jay. And all of a sudden, you've got this talented quarterback that we're wondering whatever happened to him. He's there right now for me. I mean, it's imperative. I think it's Getsy, the offensive coordinator there. How do they handle this kid, and can he handle it? The great Teddy Bruschi, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Teddy. As always, Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Ben Simmons, and much more talk coming up. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, 
so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.